0: Welcome to episode 47 of The Balancing Act. I'm Dan Stravert. Today, we're kicking off a new mini-series, everybody applaud, entitled Death, Taxes, and Change. The saying used to be the only constants in life are death and taxes. In this series, we're going to explore a third constant in life, change. Now, Andy, before we get to change, I'd love to hear what's changed in your life. What's new? How are you doing?
1: Yeah, doing great. Uh, just uh, moved our son across the co- our eldest son across the country from uh, Portland, Oregon, to Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, so I was in a, I was in a twenty foot U haul bouncing, basically bouncing across the countryside <laughs> for uh, for three full days, and I got to see two states that I'd never been to, uh, which were the states of Idaho and mont and montana so uh, it's very very beautiful uh countryside and if you get the chance to uh to to go there uh, and right now you, our listeners are going to listen to this later later in the summer, but the Yellowstone River yes, yes, uh, yep. is is flooding like right now and and we drove over that river several times, and wow. it is an angry river. Let me tell you.
0: <laughs> yeah, you've seen Yellowstone pretty much shut down completely to any tourism and, and any visitors and feel yeah. for the people out there. I will say I've never been to Idaho and Montana. I've been to about 32 states, I think. During college, I got to travel a lot for for college radio, Uh, but let's dive in. I I love the topic, um, change management, the idea of change in business, but also, again, I always harken back to life and the change that happens every day, right? uh, Life is a series of changing circumstances uh, as we go. Um, We've talked across this show about concepts like ego, critical thinking, New attitudes towards work, the reskilling revolution, and, and a ton others. Why is the topic of change important, and why talk about it now?
1: Well, you know we're coming out of the of the pandemic. It's very clear that uh, a lot of leaders are asking people to come back into an office environment. Uh, we're doing some backsliding, I believe, into some old or legacy uh, ways of thinking about work. Uh, so we're, we're just, and, and we've had the, the quote unquote, great, re, the great resignation or what some people call the great reset. So we're, we're thinking about work very differently. We're thinking about the, the, the relationship between home life and work life differently. And there's just tons of change going on all around us, uh, pulled, po- the Uh, political change, environmental change, uh, and it's it's very rapid. Uh, So we, you know, in this moment in time, I think it's really important that we double down and we we have open, honest conversations about what change is and what it means to us and how we navigate through it.
0: So in your first book, you introduced us to the concept of entropy in business. And if you need to go and listen to that episode, you can pause this one here and, and go back and listen and read the book and do all those things. But what's the relationship here between entropy and change? How do those two coincide?
1: Yeah, I like to think about if if you don't have a plan for change, then entropy is going to step in and it's going to change it's it's going to provide. Some unknown direction that you're not that you're not ready for. Uh, entropy is the concept that over time everything falls apart. Uh, it's based on the laws of, of thermodynamics, so it's a, it's a very natural process. But everything falls apart, and you know. Do you, I think of, I think about entropy and change? as if, if you just allow change to happen, then entropy is going to set in and change will happen to you and not the other way around where you can have some influence and hopefully some positive influence uh, over the change uh, that, uh, that is happening to you or uh, with you or around you.
0: Okay, that makes a ton of sense. And, and I think what you've done a great job across these episodes and in your first book You know, uh, teaser there of what the next question is. Uh, But in your first book is connect these issues. It's not sort of these siloed individual thoughts. It's how they all connect together uh, in the workplace and how managers and and middle managers can really reassess what's going on. And as I said, spoiler alert, in your next book, which is going to be released later this year, you talk about the importance of having a plan for change within your organization. Can you give us an example of the bad things that can happen when an organization doesn't have that strategy for how to deal with change?
1: Yeah. So, you know, we, many managers, uh, I'll, I'll affectionately uh, call them bad bosses. I, I look back at my career and I had many quote unquote bad boss uh, characteristics. Uh, that uh, that I've since worked through I have many other uh, unconscious biases that i still uh, that I still need to to uh, to, to work through uh, but one of the biases that I had earlier in my career was to imagine or think that once i told somebody to do something that that was the end of it uh, and uh, and that was no more that that was very apparent in the the process of when we brought companies together. So when we did mergers and acquisitions, when we bought other businesses, you know, you do all of this due diligence and you see it all on paper and you see this website and you're going to bring this business together with that business. And it's really, it might might seem like a kind of a duh, why didn't you think of that moment uh, for some, when I say this, but a lot of times you really don't think about the people that make up those businesses. You get lost in the numbers, you get lost in the diligence, you get lost in the process. And it's, and it is really hard is really easy. I should say to uh, imagine that humans are coin operated machines and you just, you put them together and yeah, they're supposed to work uh, nicely. Uh, I have, seen so much corporate value destroyed through mergers and acquisitions uh, that did not contemplate the human component of how teams were supposed to come together, roles and responsibility, goal setting, who does what. And just and then the time that it takes for all of that to get consumed and digested.
0: It's uh, having a plan matters so much and having a plan that takes in all of the factors rather than just the factors directly in front of you uh, really is articulated well by you there. I've been involved in a couple of different acquisitions, one that was done very well, um, communication and and people first, and one that was not, that was uh, seemingly haphazard and led to problems. And so it is fascinating to think through Change management. The actual, you know, you hear about that in production and, and uh, manufacturing, right? Change of a product or change. But this is people change. This is managing the change of a business and managing uh, the change uh, of people across their roles and what they might be doing and how they're going to interact with the company itself. You know, before we start, we typically have, uh, you know, some banter. Andy and I catch up. You know, this isn't all uh, performance for us here. We like to, to chat. And beforehand, uh, we were talking, you were talking about the concept of modeling change. And the the complexity, the incredible complexity of managing change. We're just hitting on that a little bit. Can you bring the listeners into that conversation and what was being discussed?
1: Yeah. So we all walk around with a set of change curves, and I and and I say a set of change curves because if you've if you've done any uh, work on the concept of change management you've you've probably seen something called a change management Curve, Uh, and there there are a number of uh, consultants and uh, businesses that help other businesses manage change, and they all have uh, models that are very similar uh, to one another. Uh, And uh, and, you know, a change management curve uh, takes an individual on the journey from point A where you know, there's a steady state, uh, some steady state at point A, and then a change occurs, and then there's a journey to point B, which uh, is the next steady state at some point in the future. And a change curve typically has a little bump up at the at the front in terms of well being and uh, and and how the individual feels about the change. There might be a little bit of excitement uh, right. that that happens right out of the gate, so everybody feels a little uh, good about it, and then you start thinking about specifically, what does it mean for me? And what does it mean for the work that I do? And typically, uh, change management curve then starts to go down uh, yep. until one reaches what some call the valley of despair. This is where you're like, what does this mean for me? And this this sucks. I, I, just, I just hate this change, and I'm going to do everything I can to, to work against it. Uh, that's wallowing in the valley of despair. And then presumably there is some learning and growth that occurs. Uh, there's some acceptance uh, that, that occurs. And the, then the well-being and competency start to increase uh, until you reach that next, next steady state. In a perfect world, point A, change occurs. Point B is really, really close to that in time, and you move in a straight line up from point A to point B, right? That's the perfect world. That's the humans are coin-operated machines, and they can accept change no problem, Yep. and then there's the other side of the coin uh, where point a uh, and some change occurs and then it's just a straight line down over a very long period of time and you never get out of that valley of despair and uh, and no growth uh, occurs and you're actually worse off after the change than when, than when you started. So it's, re- it's really important—the long story short here is it's really important for managers to understand that, uh, that change is—that uh, there is a set of these change curves within each individual because the other point that I need to make is that Dan Strafford— will react differently to one type of change yep. than he will to another type of change. So I don't walk around with a single change management curve. I walk around with multiple change management curves that depend upon the circumstance.
0: Uh, you said the Valley of Despair. It's, uh, uh, one of my favorite movies was uh, Princess Bride with the Pit of Despair. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen that movie, the Pit of Despair fits in well here to what Andy's talking about. Uh, You know, modeling changed. It sounds a lot like the Gartner hype cycle, which is something I love to track as well. You know, the rising action, the falling action. Then do we come out the other side? Do we plateau again? Or do we continue downward and into a world where despair becomes the culture and becomes the way work is done? And that's, no one wants to be in that organization. No one wants to be part of what that is. You know, as you talk about, and as we talked before, Reading the the show notes you put together and trying to figure out this discussion, it, it's it's a huge topic, and and the magnitude and complexity of change management challenges within organizations seems really daunting. And you know, change within a single team is daunting, right? Within a five or ten person team, thinking now, you know, massive companies or or, or mom and pop shops, what's what's one tool in your toolkit? one bow in your quiver, you know, whatever phrase you want to use that leaders and managers can use to yield better results during major change events within their org.
1: Yeah, well, I'm an educator, so it should be uh, no surprise that the one tool that I'll pick here of of many uh, is that of learning and development, that education that is Combined with a plan for uh, the change that is occurring, so you've you've got some big event, and we picked on mergers and acquisitions before. Uh, so let's go back to that. So let's assume you've got a big uh, a big merger that that's occurring. Uh, the the thing that the leaders should be doing is looking at the cadence of. Uh, that uh, that transaction and how teams are coming together and think very, very carefully about the skills that each uh, team uh, possess and the skill gaps that might exist uh, between, uh, between teams and be very purposeful and start plugging those skill yep. gaps right away because nothing says that you care Uh, leader Care about me, the employee, more than saying, "Hey, we've thought proactively about the skills that you're going to need to yep. be successful uh, to to make this transaction work." Because you want it to work, we want it to work. You know, we're we're all together together in this, and education is the thing that's uh, that that is going to uh, to to drive those more positive results.
0: It makes so much sense. And I think it all ties together. You, you talk a lot, and these are my words, you're not what, what Andy said, but you're investing in people. You're investing in the idea of people being what makes up your company along with your product, along with your, and it, it's, it seems so simple, right? It seems like such a simple concept, uh, but doesn't always happen. And it's something that can be a learned skill for managers out there of how to be more proactively people first how to think proactively about change and about how it might influence your employees. What advice do you have for managers and leaders who want to improve their approach to managing change within the organization?
1: Yeah, so... We've already talked about education, uh, yep. but so I'm, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to uh, talk about some of the other things that, that, that you've really got to have top of mind. And first and foremost, uh, I think, are our, our, our listening skills. Uh, it is... Uh, going again, going back to the acquisition example, uh, so much is happening over such a, a constrained period of time that it's really easy to say, "Well, we got the plan, and we're sticking to the plan, and we're going to march through the plan, and I'm not going to listen to anything else that that comes in from the side because, frankly, I just don't have the the time. I haven't made the time to to listen to other voices. So. You know, you got to make that time and space for listening to how things are going uh, through throughout throughout that uh, that change. Uh, that change process, I should say. Uh, the, the the second thing is to just really double down on clarity and consistency of messaging. Uh, if you've listened to any of our work or read any of my work before, you've heard me say that communication, especially for senior leaders, uh, is one of the most important things that they do. But it's also can be one of the most painful. things that they do because you're, you know, from your voice and, and what you're hearing inside your head as the leader, you're saying the same thing over and over and over again, but that's the point. You've got to create that, that clarity and consistency because if Dan has got this, if Dan is in the valley of despair of his mm-hmm. particular change curve for that particular event, Dan is not listening <laughs> to what you're saying. Dan is focused more about what's in it for me. And so you, you have to say things over and over and over again. So double down on clarity and consistency. Going right along with that, point number three, is you got to be calm and you have to be patient because things don't happen instantaneously. Change curves can, can drag out uh, for, for, for long periods of time. And I've got a few more uh, tips in, in my next book here on change, but the one I'll skip to is to and the the dramatic pause is personal uh, purposeful but remember that everyone is different Avoid stereotyping groups of of, of people uh, that the finance department somehow is made up all of people that look and uh, will respond in a particular way. Yes, there are generalizations that can be made. But even within uh, some type of nuclear team, you're still dealing, you know, just think about the math of Dan Strafford manages a team of seven people. Well, those seven people all have different change curves, and they have different sets of change curves. So you start to think of of all of the combinations of change uh, and change uh, of the the results and the outcomes that could come just from a small team of seven, and the and the number is uh, of potential outcomes is is astronomical.
0: It makes so much sense, and you're you that that's a math problem, right? It's, it's it's really figuring out just the variety of different things that can happen as you exponentially move beyond one employee to ten to one hundred yeah. and, and trying to manage all of that. Absolutely, and um, change is tough. We talk about it in life. We talk about it in work, um, and you really need to have a plan and over communicate. And I think you you're saying keep calm makes so much sense because. You yourself, middle manager, CEO, whoever it might be, you are a person too. And you have the way you see things going. And you have this plan. And let's be honest, if you're a CEO or even you know a SVP somewhere, you've gotten there by leading and by being good at your job and knowing what you're doing, hopefully. Some of you, <laughs> hey, good for you. Um, but to then have that questioned or, or maybe shown that it's not 100% foolproof, that's very easy to react in a way, Andy. That, well, I, you know, you're wrong. I'm right. And to be calm and cognizant and aware is such a huge upside. Yeah,
1: yeah. So Dan, before we go, um, I'd like sure. to I'd like to hear from you on you know a change process that you've gone through that has uh, either gone really well or or horrifically poorly so that uh, folks can learn from you about the kind of change journeys yeah. that you've been on.
0: I, so I cited the two before, um, and I'm not going to name names. Um, so as, ascribe, we, we,
1: don't, we don't do that here.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, you can go to my LinkedIn page and see the variety of companies I've worked for over the years and, and decide who is who. Um, one was the positive one. Uh, we were part of an organization that was purchased by another organization. So, you know, we flat out were, we told you're being bought by X. This is going to happen. And they communicated every day. They communicated just, even if there wasn't anything to communicate, Hey, everything's on track. Uh, if you have any questions, here's the HR number. If you want to reach out to the new business, here's that email address. Yep. Um, if you have any concerns about your future role, talk to this person. And it was just a continuous stream of reassurance. Hey, they never said, hey, we know you're scared or hey, we know this is different. But they implied that by constantly giving us information. Um, And then halfway through, the new company took that over. The new company started reaching out. The new company started making sure we were going to be integrated. Now, luckily for that, I think uh, we had it easier because there weren't redundant services at the new company, right? There weren't those problems of, hey, Dan and Sarah do the same job. Oh yeah. How are we determining who's keeping their job? Or are we moving Dan somewhere else? Or, hey, we produced these two products, these two different uh, you know, plungers. Now we're just going to produce one. That assembly line in Ohio is gone, whatever it might be. I didn't have to deal with that there. Yeah. The second one did have to deal with that.
1: The musical um, chair problem.
0: <laughs> yes. And there was little to no communication. And there was a lot of speculation that wasn't tamped down. And listen, I, Andy, I've said that before. I'm I'm a middling to low level employee where I work. I'm I'm a, 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 a you know worker bee for the You're most an part. An
1: awesome guy, Dan.
0: I appreciate that. But I know, like from the hierarchical way things work, I may be on lower on the totem pole of needs to know. Right? I'm not a needs to know person. I like to know though. <laughs> so when I, I have a question and it wasn't being answered and it wasn't being answered and then other people had questions and they weren't answered. And then over time, oh, it's going to work. It's going to work. That person, Sally, is no longer responding to my emails. Oh, she doesn't work here anymore. What happened right. to Sally? What happened to Joe? Oh, yeah, his, his position was eliminated. Whoa, wait, we're eliminating positions? Right. You didn't say anything about eliminate. And it just became this cascading effort of... You feel as an employee, you are now protecting your turf. Yep. You are now cordoning off like, oh, I need to prove my worth so I don't get eliminated. And that's, that's the valley of despair. That's that scary place where rumors get started. And, you know, things change in a bad way where people start turning off to the conversations and they don't listen to the good things that are happening because the company was still doing good things, but yeah. it did not manage the change in any way, shape or form and it, it, I, I left. I, I said, you know, time time to leave. Um, and I think everyone's had those experiences in varying degrees. Um, I, I'm i a communicator, what I do, uh, that physically my job in, in doing video and audio production, but also in life. And I, I'm communicating to a fault at this point with my kids. I, I, And I always apply this back to my kids. We have personal family stuff happening. I'm going to communicate. I'm going to make sure I'm using language that is appropriate for the audience, much like you were talking about for, you know, billing analysts versus C-suite people. And, um, but communication is such a key and it was so messy at that other place that there was none. It was just, it was, it was a mess.
1: Yeah. And those are, you can have two beautiful cultures, right? You have, Beautiful culture A, beautiful culture B, and again, on paper, everything looks great. And you bring them together, and all of a sudden, if there's that lack of of communication and the lack of clarity, uh, all of a sudden, two beautiful cultures can be a toxic waste dump of of a culture in... Weeks. I mean, it does not take long. And then trying to unwind that. That's uh, the other thing. You set yourself over up for time, such. Yeah. It just, it takes, it takes forever to right. reestablish, uh, re-establish if, that trust. If the
0: managers see it, right? Like that's right. the other thing. Do they see the culture or is it just people keep leaving and new people come on who ascribe to this new culture that's been created and everything seems fine to those on high Um it's a fascinating process, and I think I look forward to the new book, which we teased here and has been teased elsewhere. Uh, Andy said they're close to pencils down soon, um, yeah. which is uh, obviously a testing uh, analogy or metaphor, but also books. Yeah, I mean, we don't really write them with pencils anymore, but um, I look forward to it. Uh, the first one was a great success. Uh, I love uh, the topics you've already started to introduce here around it, uh, death, taxes, and change. But anyway... Uh appreciate all that you're doing to really just inform a, a new way of managing. And I think there are people who naturally do what you are trying to teach people. There are people who are people, people and understand it and just get it from the jump. But I am finally in life a believer that you can change your personality in this way. You can learn new skills. You can learn people skills. It's, it's not just an innate ability. Just like being a soccer player isn't just an innate ability. Uh, so really appreciate... The work you're doing uh, in rolling this out and trying to teach a new generation of managers that they can learn, they can grow, they can become better at the thing they're doing, uh, including change management and the idea of how to move forward.
1: Yeah, thanks, Dan.
0: So you can find Andy, of course, andrewtempty.com. You can find the Balancing Act available uh, across uh, Amazon and all the different places you purchase a book, so your local bookstore. Um I have a great signed copy of it. I don't know if you're going to get that as well. You have to know Andy uh, and find him uh, to get him to sign it. But uh, appreciate everyone listening. Subscribe on Spotify and and Google Podcasts and, and Apple. Leave comments. If you want to find Andy and ask him a question, LinkedIn is a great spot to find him. He posts his Saturday morning news there uh, every week, as well as other topics and other thoughts and uh, introspections on his career and what he's doing now. So check that out. And uh, I'm sure he'd also be happy to hear about show topics and show ideas and things that you are looking to learn more on as he continues uh, his journey on uh, this new career path. Uh, Until next time, you've been listening to The Bouncing Act.